You've got a podcast, 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 podcast. Welcome to the Mystic Access Podcast, where the magic is in learning. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Mystic Access Podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Kim. And I'm Lisa. We have quite a few goodies to discuss with you today. First of all, we want to give you some very general announcements about a few things that we have coming up. The first of which is our free class for the month of April. That will be coming up on Thursday, April 25th. For those of you who are newer to us, please note that we have a monthly free event every month except in December. So you'll get one for the foreseeable future every month. This time is something a little different from us. We're going to specifically talk about online dating and online dating from an accessible perspective. So how does one do it accessibly? What do you share? What do you do to get to websites, to fill out things in the way that you wish to, to configure your settings in the way that you wish to, information like that. So it's essentially for anyone who wants to get to know other people online. You don't have to be dating them to get to know them. We're going to make it more about relationships, but we're going to be talking about really things that can benefit anyone who wants to get to know someone else online. Start an online relationship that will either turn into something else or just getting to know people online who you don't necessarily know if you're going to meet in future in terms of a physical, tangible, one-to-one, face-to-face meeting. So that's kind of going to be our topic. It's something a little different from us. But of course, like everything that we offer, it has that accessibility perspective at the forefront. But we're going to talk about a lot of things like the do's and don'ts. What do you want to share? What warning signs about a person do you want to look for when you are meeting someone new? So really, this isn't even necessarily for those of you who want to meet online. It's for people who you meet in the quote unquote real world. It's for people who you meet one-on-one generally. So I think a lot of people can benefit from this. You can be single or married or whatever and still find benefit from attending this class. We really hope you'll like it. I'll be your main presenter for this one. And I have a very exciting, what I hope will be, very exciting announcement to share with you in class as well. So we hope you'll come. We hope you will hang out with us. Everything that we do in terms of our online free events are recorded for your use later on. And we use Zoom for our recordings and for teaching the classes. So you'll be able to attend from wherever you are, from whatever device you want, as long as you have the Zoom free software or app. And we would love to have you on Thursday, April 25th, 2019. We begin at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. If you do not want to install an app or you do not want to utilize the software for Mac or PC, have no worries. You can call in on your cell phone or you can call in on your landline or your VoIP line. Phone numbers and pins are available for you and you'll be able to access those when you receive the information for the class. If you want to know all the joining information, you're interested in joining this class, you need to be part of our events free mailing list. And you can join that list 
from any page of our website on mysticaccess.com. You'll be looking for a heading that talks about our mailing lists, and there are checkboxes. So you can join our main news list or our events list or both. And we will be sending information to you very shortly, probably after you receive this podcast or if not before. So hopefully I will definitely be sending a reminder on Thursday the 25th to make sure that you guys have the information for class. So if I've already sent it when you subscribe, don't worry about it because I will be sending it again Thursday afternoon. So please know that you will be able to get that information and join us either through Zoom or via phone, whatever is easiest for you. And we would love to have you. If for some reason you're not able to join us on that Thursday, you might consider joining us the following Thursday, which is May 2nd, and that is when our next series of iOS modules starts. Unless something drastic changes, this will, for now, be our final set of six. And we're going to start with a walkthrough of the Safari browser for the iPhone, iPod Touch, and iPad. And then the week after that, so May 9th, we'll be talking about ways to back up your device. There are six in this series, and we encourage you to visit our website to check all of them out, read all of the details. We've gone over them all on this podcast, and so I don't want to belabor this point, but there is a lot of information This is kind of the nitty-gritty or the brass tacks that really gets down to how do you use your device for some productivity kinds of applications in the real world? I just wanted to mention that if you're using the Internet Explorer web browser, April 15th has come and gone and mysticaccess.com will not load if you are using Internet Explorer. So you need to use Firefox or Chrome or even Edge to visit the mysticaccess.com website. And you will find a nice explanatory page if you do visit us using IE that gives you more information about the different browsers that work. Chris just mentioned them and other ways that you can check out our offerings. There's info about our podcast there. If you're listening, obviously you already know how to find it, but there is information on the page that hopefully will be helpful to you if you need to place orders from us or learn about new products, et cetera. The next thing we wanted to talk about is what do you do if you don't have a virtual assistant, your voice assistant rather? Sometimes we get so used to doing things a certain way and for whatever reason, we can't utilize our voice assistant. So for example, for me, one time I was in a hotel And I was asking my virtual assistant what time it was. And my virtual assistant was home back in Buffalo, completely ignoring me because it couldn't hear me. And I was a little shocked that I didn't get a response from that voice in the cloud that said the time was 7.55 p.m. or whatever. Chris is used to getting responses from voices that he hears in his head, but just not used to not getting a response from the cloud, I assume. This kind of came up as a topic of discussion because I have moved. I've moved into an apartment in a new location. And in preparation, I was packing up things that I didn't feel were absolutely necessary. 
So into the box went the Echo Dots, the lovely stereo paired Echo Dots. And into the box went the Google Home. And it's been very strange. I have found them, which is very nice. I now need to find the power strips because as is the case with most places, there just aren't enough outlets in here for my use. But once I find them, they will be set up. But it's very strange because, for example, when I come in and the apartment is empty, it just feels, I don't know, it it feels creepy. It feels kind of lonely. And I miss being able to just ask and have music turned on. Yesterday, I had to do a calculation (laughs) and I pressed the button on my phone to activate Siri and started my question to Siri with, hey lady, what is whatever times whatever? Siri was not impressed. And she's like, I don't think I heard you right. So that was sort of funny, but it's really amazing. I mean, if you think about it, two, three years ago or thereabouts, these things weren't even around. And I've now heard of about four people, and these are just people that I know of, who when they go on a trip, they take their device with them. I don't because I can do everything from my phone. Now, if I were going to be away for a week or more, I might consider it, but it's just really interesting how these have gone from kind of a a luxury item, a oh, I don't know if I should spend the money. Do I really need this to something that while we may not necessarily need it has turned into this set of really useful tools in our toolbox? Absolutely. And for a lot of us, as is proved by your example of people traveling with it, and I am one of those guilty parties, it really has become a kind of indispensable part of our lives, or at least we feel that it has. We really don't want to be without it especially now that the third generation dot is out and the sound quality is so fantastic. I really want that wherever I happen to be. As long as I'm somewhere with Wi-Fi, I am good to go and I can just set her up and let her go. Many of you know that I am a huge music junkie to begin with. And the fact that I am working means that I'm probably going to have, as long as I'm not recording, I'm going to have music behind me and in the background pretty much 24 hours a day, (laughs) except when I'm sleeping. I don't do that. But You really do get used to a quality device that isn't your phone, which sounds tinny and not as high quality as something like a third gen dot, for instance, that does things for you. So when you don't have your assistant, you have to remember that there are other things you can do and other ways you can get the information. As Lisa said, we didn't have these assistants a few years ago. We had, oh, I don't know, calculators and doing math in our heads and going online to look up words to spell them. <laughs> or checking out the weather. Yeah. yeah, checking out the weather. Well, the weather was a funny one for me because the other day I meant to check the weather forecast and I thought, oh, when I pick up my phone again to do this, I'll check it. And I forgot. And I got downstairs. This is still when I was living with friends and they had an echo downstairs. And so... I asked it what the weather forecast was. You kind of have that immediacy of, I don't even have to pick up my phone. I can just use my voice. 
And it's funny what you said, Kim, about the calculators and all of this. I remember when I used to go and speak to schools about blindness, and I would have this mammoth bag of stuff, you know, the abacus and the the brand new talking calculator and the the talking this and the tactile that, and those certainly do still have their places. But I think it's a great equalizer when I can pull an Echo or an iPhone or an iPad or a Google Home out of my bag of tricks and the kids realize that I'm using the same things they are using. And I think that takes some of the weirdness, as it were, for people who aren't used to meeting people who are blind out of the equation for them. If you can get one-on-one with someone or in a small group and you can say, here are these equalizers, here are these things that we share in common, and there's so much more than we do than not. And I think that's a good example of that to say, hey, yeah, by the way, I've got two or three of these in my house too, just like you do. And we use them the exact same way. Or we can use them the exact same way because of the accessibility of X, Y, and Z. The app, for instance, using it on your phone or on your computer or whatever that is. And because you speak to it. And I get so frustrated sometimes when I see, for instance, on various channels that sell these, you know, television channels, and they'll say, well, if you're blind, you can just have somebody else set it up for you. And I want to jump through the screen and say, no, 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 it isn't necessary. You don't have to worry about things like that because just as it is an equalizer, the accessibility of some of these other things also makes using it a much more viable option. So it really can, I think, be one of those things that brings people together, as silly as that may sound. And in a world where different is not always cool, and different can bring about awkwardness. It's good for people to know that we're more like you than not by far. Yeah, different means not like you. I mean, it's when people say things like, oh, I could never do what you do. Those words divide. And I find that when I'm showing equipment, often the first question I'll get is, is that modified in some way for you to use it? And When I say no, that's when the real dialogue happens. One time, my niece asked me if my iPhone was special in any way. And she was about 15. And I was a little disappointed because I gave her more credit for smarts and I gave myself a little more credit for education than that. And so I said, no, it's the same one you use. Why do you ask that? And she said, because your screen is always dark. And I went, oh, because, I mean, of course, then it's going to look different. And I said, oh, well, all I need to do is this. And I did a three-finger triple tap, and I turned off the screen curtain. And I explained why I used it. That kind of served as a reminder to me that sometimes people ask really stupid questions, but sometimes they ask really good questions for reasons that we haven't considered. So, And I did not in this case, but it's always good to ask first and then consider biting off heads second. One time I was at the cell phone store and I was trading in my iPhone 6S to an iPhone 8. This was like back in September or sometime. And I was with a sighted friend of mine and 
the person over the counter, they were looking at my phone and they says, oh, well, I don't know if we can even take that phone for what you want for it because the screen is broken. I says, what do you mean the screen is broken? They says, well, there's nothing on the screen. And like Lisa, I did the three finger <laughs> command and magically the screen comes popping on and they both were like, well, okay, what's that for? I says, so people like you don't see what I'm doing. You know, it's a privacy thing. You don't have sighted people shoulder surfing over your shoulder to find out exactly what you're doing. So I thought that that was kind of fascinating that, yeah, no, it's not broken. Because you don't always know when they're looking over your shoulder. Right. And I don't care so much at home, but like the other day I was in a bus station and I needed to call an Uber and I didn't really want anyone seeing the address where I was going. And I just didn't know who was around. I also don't have anything to base this on, but I figure that maybe darkening the screen gives me a few more minutes of battery life. I don't really know if that's true or not, but it is pretty interesting. Sometimes the conclusions that people come to, that's even funnier. You know, it's not a special phone. You broke your screen, dummy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, when people ask you those questions or they're, they're willing to come up and be receptive enough to ask a question, and many people are not. Many people are going to jump to their own conclusions and not address them with you. But if they do, even if it's a quote-unquote stupid question, it opens an opportunity for dialogue. And that's huge. If you can tell one person and convince one person through your own words and deeds, as it were, <laughs> that you are much more like them than not, then I think that's a cool thing. I think that's great. If it opens someone's mind a little bit to say, hey, you're really cool. And it makes no difference. When I was in college, my choir, because I was a music major, among other things, but I was a music major, and our choir always gave away awards at the end of each year. And everyone was very comfortable with me. I was the only blind person at the school, in the college, at the university at the time. And at that time, it wasn't the university, but it became one. So ultimately, what happened was, you know, People get used to you. They get used to how you act and what you do and how you interact with people. And for me, and that's a whole other subject about how do we as blind people portray ourselves to society individually and collectively. And that's a whole other podcast that I would love to do sometime, but I don't know if that's going to happen or not. But it's very interesting. And what ultimately happened at one of our award ceremonies is I got the designated driver award which I Yay. thought was hysterical because it was kind of one of those snarky things and it became the big joke. It was like, oh yeah. So, you know, people get used to you and they get used to how you interact with them. That's going to make a difference as to how they see you. So you're an influencer, I, I think, and this is a little controversial, but I think I'm one of the people who believes that whatever you're doing out in the world and however you portray yourself you are an influencer, whether you like it or not. Whether you're going out to be that or not, you're influencing people's opinions. So I think that the more successfully we can do that and bring out those great equalizers, the more open minds that will occur as a result. And it doesn't mean we have to be perfect. I mean, mm -mm, some people no. say, oh, I don't need that kind of pressure and they just shut down. And that's not it either because we're not, superhuman, we're flawed people. And just as I think it's really good for people to see us succeeding, sometimes it's good 
for them to see us making mistakes and having bad days and being human beings too. Exactly. And it might be because of our blindness and it might not, but it happens. You know, we are all flawed and we have good days and bad and laughing at ourselves, I think, can be a really key concept to make that a little easier and again, be an equalizer. It turned philosophical. Yes, it's the Blindness Philosophy Podcast. <laughs> or, well, the same train has derailed the tired track. This doesn't have the same ring to it. But yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, there's interesting stuff to consider. And you know, when you were talking about the online dating class that we're offering, you were talking about what kind of person to avoid online. And it made me think, and what kind of impressions do we give inadvertently? What signals do we send out? that make some people come closer and make some run screaming. Absolutely. And that can be something that we discuss. I really hope it'll be a fun group to philosophize perhaps a bit more. Another thing that makes people want to run screaming is three words, two-factor authentication. And we want to talk a little bit, not even so much about that, but those times when you get text messages that ask you to confirm your identity. And these are a pain point, a frustration point for a lot of people. And we all have our own strategies for dealing with them. And so we want to talk about the ways to kind of decrease some of the pain. So for me, the way that I handle these, when I know that one is coming, because you're not going to just get one out of the blue. You are on a website or you're talking to a customer service representative. That happened to me recently. I was surprised. They said, we need to send you a text to confirm your identity. That happened so to me too, you're, yeah. Yeah. So you're doing something and you know, okay, here comes one of these. The thing that works best for me is sort of a state of mind thing. And that is this. Okay, I'm going to hear two numbers. The first set of numbers is where the text originates from. And I can ignore that. The second set of numbers is the one I want. So I think we get all, at least I have, gotten all worked up. Oh, this is coming. I got to remember. I got to remember. And you're so worked up that the first set of numbers is going by you. But again, you're so worked up that you're not even realizing these aren't the numbers you need. I've seen Google send these codes and they split the numbers up with a G. So that's kind of interesting to note as well. They do. It's kind of your landmark. But there's often something, although not always, there's often something between the two sets of numbers. But if you remember that you need to ignore the first set, it does make life easier. As luck would have it, I have one of these messages on my phone, and I want to show you what I mean. We're going to have a little test, not that we will know if you, quote, passed or failed, only you will know. And we're going to play one of these messages for you, and you'll see what I mean. Originating number first. Two, six, two. Nine six six, unread. Nine seven seven three seven nine, is your Amazon verification code? And I stopped the message. In this case, it was unread because I didn't actually go into the message, but there was still a pause, 
And if I had read the message, let's do that. Let's go in. Select back button. Okay, so now it's red. Text message back button. Two, six. And now I'm going to play the message again. You'll still hear the pause in between. And let's see this time if you can get that set of six numbers. And remember, you don't have to remember them forever and ever, amen. You just have to remember them long enough to be able to type them in. Search. Two, six, two, nine, six, six, nine, seven, seven, three, seven, nine. Is your Amazon verification code 9.55 a.m.? Actions available. And so that's really all you need. You could remember it long enough to jot it down in Notepad, on your book reader, or if you know that you'll be able to write it in quickly, you could say to your virtual assistant, for example, a lady, say, and then the number, and she will repeat it back. Now, I don't know that she'll repeat it back more than once, but I find sometimes just the act of saying the number is enough to help me remember it for as long as I need to get it typed in. If you are using later versions of iOS, which I think is cool, and I believe this works on Android as well, if you have a keyboard up, you can just slide up into the auto prediction thing and it'll say from messages and then the code, and you just double tap that in and it enters the code in for you. So you don't even have to remember it. You can just slide up the keyboard and see if that's there and then type it in that way or have the phone type it in for you. Right. But that's a good way to do it if the message and what you're entering is on the same device, like correct. a phone or a correct. tablet. Yes. Yes. But if you're handing it off to somebody, like for me, when I was talking to the customer service representative, I was so discombobulated because I was doing something, you know, that I was a little nervous about anyway. And then having the numbers, I had to repeat the numbers to myself, like I would say five or six or seven or eight times before I could even give it to the customer service rep. So it was just, it was you know, and you're, you are going to be nervous in those types of situations, so. Right. And remember, you can also review by words. Here's my message again. Delete. I'm now in action, so I'm going to rotor. Headings. Speaking of words. 262 minus 966. There's my originating number. 977379. Now, if I couldn't remember all of that for some reason... Or if the way that you have things set up, your number is read back to you as 9 million something or other. Characters. Space. I. Whoops. I I'm at the end of the number. Let's seven, go back. Seven, seven, nine, space. And then I can flick down with one finger. Space. Nine. Seven. Seven. Three. Seven. Nine. And so you can read it that way. If the concept of the rotor is unfamiliar to you, and you use an iPhone, iPod Touch, or an iPad, I would encourage you to check out our set of six foundational audio modules where we go through the rotor and many other basic concepts. Of course, this is a situation where you're going to feel pressure because you know you need to do it. There's probably a time limit on how you need to do it. So it is very good to have other resources 
that you can utilize, either making a voice recording, writing something down, telling your voice assistant, whatever it is, to make it easier for you. And the cool thing is you're going to find your own tricks. You're going to find your own ways that work really well for you. So we just wanted to give you some ideas. So this is great for whatever tablet or device you happen to have. You can hopefully get some information out of what we've just shared to make this process a little easier because it can definitely be nerve-wracking. Yeah, and this is not like, oh, we have a new gadget we want to show you. But we've kind of encountered a few people in the last couple weeks who've been kind of upset by this or frustrated or just having some consternation. And, you know, we really do believe our motto where the magic is in learning and magic things can happen when we learn. And even if the magic is, quote, small magic, like, I've got this covered, then that's a really good thing. Definitely. Well, we hope you have enjoyed this rather philosophical and tips-laden edition of the Mystic Access Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. We certainly appreciate you spending your time with us. Please feel free to spread the word to your friends and colleagues. We would love to continue to grow our listener community. So if you like what you hear, please share. Feel free to rate and review in iTunes. And we will talk to you guys in two weeks. Thank you, everybody. Bye. 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 The preceding podcast is a presentation of Mystic Access, where the magic is in learning. If you are blind or visually impaired and desire to discover how our comprehensive products and services may support and empower your assistive technology journey, we welcome your visit at www.mysticaccess.com. Have a question or wish to place an order via phone? Call us at 716-543-3323. If you have something to share about this podcast episode, press 4 to reach our Mystic Access podcast comment line. Email us at info at mysticaccess.com. Connect with us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mysticaccess and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mysticaccessempower. Would you like to spread the word about our podcasts? Your friends and colleagues may listen and subscribe at www.mysticaccesspodcast.com. Our latest five episodes are also available via phone by calling 701-801-8527. If you enjoy our episodes, consider leaving us an iTunes rating and review. Your comments are greatly appreciated. Thanks for spreading the word, and thanks for being a listener. We hope you enjoyed this episode.